You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Hey, Bible students, welcome back to Christadelphian Videos. And again, to this series of videos that we're preparing and have been for now 16 weeks on the great and precious promises that God gives to us in his word. Now, it's not as if there's just 16. There could be many more. But if you could remember 16 at your will, whenever you wanted to think about them, that's the object of what we've been doing. And so we've been putting it together so you could remember it. We went through the great, uh, the resurrection, the angels, work, forgiveness, the inner man shall be added, honor and glory, glorious body, overcome and rule, never leave you, a way of escape, prayer, understanding, and truth. And we hope that you've been able to at least see there is the possibility of being able to remember it all if you just take these letters and the words associated with them, and really, if you've advanced to the next height, that will be to have a verse that you can recall, then I think these will serve you wonderfully well throughout your life, because in the darkness, when you're away from a Bible or away from any technology where you might get a hold of it, you can still recall the precious promises of God, which in many cases get us out of difficulties in life. But today we want to look at the one that we put last, because this is the promise of love, and it's the cement of fellowship. Now that's, you know, using technical words, sometimes we we really don't fully understand it by a phrase like that. But when you look at the verse that uh, Jesus uses, or where it's recorded of what he said, in John 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So that's why we have taken this idea of love and highlighted it above all the other qualities that the Bible speaks of, because you can see how comprehensive it is. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Well, see, there's always been conditions according to these promises that we see in God's word. And it's, if a person keeps his word, then he will love his father and he will love the Lord Jesus Christ. And my father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. So there would be a fellowship. And you see, you can't discount things like that. That's a promise of fellowship beyond fellowship we have otherwise, where we could have the, the, ability to be really relaxed and at peace in our mind, though the, you know, the world's going crazy, though other people are not able to do it. If we have accomplished this in life, we've been through this, we understand what God means. It is a wonderful promise. But I wanted to introduce you to this term, agape, or agape, as you wish. And it's used to express ideas previously unknown. 
Now, that's not me saying that. That is a quote from Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary talking about this word, trying to explain what it means to people like you and I, who as Bible students are looking for a meaning different from filio or from eros or from any other word that's used for love. And it says that agapeo and the corresponding noun agape represent the characteristic word of Christianity. And since the spirit of revelation has used it to express ideas previously unknown, inquiry into its use, whether in Greek literature or in the Septuagint, throws but little light upon its distinctive meaning in the New Testament. Now, that's really worth knowing, that this word is not just picked out of the life that people were living at the time and say, well, this is the kind of love I want you to, to think of and I comprehend. No, it seems, and I will show you this from the scriptures, that the Bible uses this term to describe something we will call love in the, in the New Testament, or we will call charity in the New Testament, but probably agape would be the best way to describe it because it is distinctive. Now look at it. Keeping his commandments. Well, yes, it did say that. There are conditions for it. But keeping its commandments is where agape is able to incorporate all of the commandments. So you can see it's an inclusive characteristic. It's one that's bigger than the others. Look at the way Jesus mentioned it in Mark <clears throat> chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So that's why we say it's, it incorporates all of them, keeping his commandments and keeping his commandments with these parameters, being willing to do so, having the time to do so, making the time to do so, using our intellect to study and to try to understand and to grow in our appreciation of God's word. And then, of course, applying the energy that's needed to keep our mental uh, attitude right and to keep ourselves on the road of discovering things, maybe going a little extra time than we would normal because we want to accomplish this. There, there's really a lot involved in developing this quality of agape as it's described in the scriptures. Now, here's a way which I really think describes the idea that agape needs to be developed by the scriptures. Like, really, there is no term that we could find in Greek literature that matches this. So the Bible tells us that to know what agape is, you must also know what it isn't. Well, here's an example. In 1 Corinthians 13, probably the best chapter to define love there is in the Bible, in verses 4 down to a verse, the end of verse 6, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity. Now imagine that. There's eight things to tell us what love isn't, what agape isn't. 
So it would seem that the, the scripture mind, that is the mind of God behind this, is to give us these parameters to let us know the distinctiveness of agape. So it's not eros and it's not filial. It is a separate characteristic to describe Christian love, the chief characteristic that we know of. We must be taught it. And hence, it's not something that we grow into just by maturing physically. No, in 1 Corinthians 13, again, verses 6 to 8, it says, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Lover, love never fails. Or whether there be prophecies, they will fail. And then it goes on to describe further characteristics. But look at these things where it tells us what it does. Well, you have to, you would have to think about what it could mean when it says believes all things. Well, would it believe things that are wrong? No, because there's parameters given to us to see what believing all things mean in other parts of the Bible. It hopes all things. It endures all things. It never fails. Well, love is a very special and beautiful quality, and it's something that we must teach. We must teach it by, um, I guess, just the going to the verse and talking about it. But I put this little symbol on, which describes what uh, our Christadelphian group, who are very effective in, in teaching and, and helping people literally in uh, Kenya and in India, and other parts of Africa to show what agape in action means. So you, you can get the details, you can get the, the idea from the word of God and many examples, but you also must see it acted out. And that's so important in teaching that people see, well, that's what you mean. Okay, now I understand what that meant, what you said to me. So, God is agape. Like he, he describes it in a way which is really difficult. God never says he's faith. God never says he is hope. But he does say he's agape. So we must abide in agape love. So 1 John 4, verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the, the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And every time the English cites the word love, it's agape. And you see, you wouldn't know that from reading an English version. So it, it requires a level of understanding that we have to go for beyond just the word. So what, what word is he using there? He could have been using filial, which is another word, but it's not up to the standards of agape. The love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So it's a beautiful idea that's expressed here, but it involves commitment. So if you, know, you, you put on the harness, you lock yourself in so that you can do what has to be done. That's the commitment that is required to develop this quality so that you're, you're going to work on it. You think about it. You, you see when you read God's word in various places, oh, I, I haven't been doing that. I guess that's something I must start to do. Or I don't really understand what it means. I think I must increase my understanding. That's the way we can abide in God's love. And God says, then I will abide in you. 
see, it's also a reasonable thing. It's it's not as if there was no reason associated with it. It's just an entirely something that's um, without being able to really get a hold of it. No, he, he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And that's the interesting thing about it. It's it's a it's a not a selfish characteristic. It's an unselfish characteristic. It's it's a sacrifice of yourself. It's giving yourself to someone else or to some other cause. So husbands love their wives. They they give themselves to their wives to to help their wives to to be one with their wife. And it's interesting how the Bible teaches it, and it teaches the older women to teach their younger women to love their husbands. So there's there's things about this quality that we really need to pay attention to. But it also, and this is another, again, uh, an idea of how it is reasonable, agape embraces rebuke. But that's rebuke when needed, and we really don't want to talk about it outside of that. So in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, that's agape, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So that's true love. God really wants us to, to come and to, to, uh, to, to really see the things that God knows we need the qualities he, he wants us to have to give us immortality. And so he, he will do it to chasten us in our life, if need be, if we need to be rebuked for something that we are not doing or refusing to do. And uh, many, many people have been through experiences like this and can only say in old age, I'm just so happy that we went through that experience so that I can really understand God's love. But you see, it also has boundaries, and maybe we haven't thought of these boundaries, but when it says in 1 John 2, verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, how could we agape the world? Like, you can understand how you can love the world. You just love doing the things that the world uh, involves, but that could not be agape because agape excludes it by the things that it includes and the things that it is not. But if you think of agape as a, a word describing how we sacrifice ourselves, we give ourselves to the tasks of the scripture so that we can meet God's approval and we can be one with him and he with us, then you can see that there, there is no way we could do that with the world. We, we don't want to be entertained by the world. We don't want to have that flowing through our minds. We want our minds to be able to focus on the scriptures and not keep flirting back with things that we've done in the past, which maybe we would like to think about again. Now, it's a, it's a very interesting quality. It has very beautiful characteristics, and it is very, very fulfilling. So the goal of Bible students would be probably mentioned here in Ephesians chapter 3, better than in other places in, in terms of a summary of this. 
So it says in chapter 3, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that's agape, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love, that's agape, of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be able, you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So it's describing that, you know, if we get into this and we love it and we carry on just doing what God says, being rebuked if necessary, but wanting to develop a love in God and God in us, eventually it passes our ability to describe it to others. As he says, which passes knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, that has taken us to the end, Bible students. We've been at this now. This is the 16th video on the great and precious promises. Love is a proper ending to something that is so beautiful as what God has offered to us if we serve him. And I just hope that you can remember this. That's one of the reasons why I went to work to put this together for you is that you could see that it is proper to remember this. That when there's idle time comes in our life, we don't just sit down and turn on our cell phone to be entertained by the world, but that we can just sit there and think and recall the great promises that God has made. The fact that there's a resurrection looking at us in the future, that there's angels that God has given to us, that all things work together for good, that God's prepared to forgive us, that God looks for us to be strengthened inwardly, even though the outward man may be falling apart, that he's offered to us that he will add to us the things we need if we would just put our trust in him, that there's honor and glory in his kingdom age, that he'll give us a glorious body, that then we will, having overcome, will be able to rule with the Lord Jesus Christ in his kingdom, that he will never leave us or forsake us, that in all the trials he gives, there's a way of escape. That we can pray to God anywhere, anytime we want to, and he will hear us. That understanding is something that the more we grow in it, the better we appreciate the truth, and the more these qualities can develop in us. That there is something called the truth, even though we're perplexed at times by people saying, well, this is my truth, and others, this is my truth, where the Bible says there is the truth. We know that from the scriptures. and then. If we can put it together and know that God is agape, we can be in him and he in us. May you remember these things, Bible students, and may God bless you in your further study of his word. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. 
So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at btf at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen. Thank you.